Hey everybody, this is Patty. Welcome to the Witching Hour. Yeah, that hour of the day when the veil is thin and magic happens. I've got a great guest for you, my friend, the author of the Tarot of the Vampires, Charles Harrington. You're going to love him. You're going to love his book, his deck. But before I bring on Charles, where's Patty? because it's the once a week I actually know where I am. If you are tuning into this the week we first drop, which is the week of Monday, November 27th. Yes, the year is almost over. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving or Native American Heritage Day or Friendsgiving or whatever you decided to to celebrate or not celebrate, but it is the time we start getting together with friends and eating together, if nothing else. So I hope you had a great one. My husband and I went to visit his family up this central California, and I'm sure it was great since I'm taping this just before. I'm here this week, Tuesday, feeling a little sexy, Tuesday night at University Magicus. I am teaching a class on sex magic. Yes, sex magic, and a wee little bit of spectrophilia. For those of you who don't know what that is, that's ghost sex. People talk about it. It's in movies like Ghost, Patrick Sazy, Demi Moore, and Real People. So Tuesday, go to universitymagicus.com or magicu.org. Wednesday, also, I'm continuing my goddess, my dark goddess series with Father Sebastian, my partner in the school and dear friend. We are doing the goddess Nef- Nefertiti. So it's really fun. Every week, the goddess kind of takes over what we're doing and we go to a different place every week. Come join us, check it out. And Wednesday, of course, just before that, the Witches Movie Coven. Yep, yep, Witches talking about witches. So make sure you tune into that. YouTube, social media, we have our own Witches Movie Coven page now. So, and it's live. So you get to comment, you get to talk about, you get to vote with us, wands up and wands down. And other than that, I am in town. Actually, my first and only thing in December out of town is if you're in Dallas or want to get there on the 9th, Natalie Jones, my partner in Paraflix and dear friend and magical girl all around, we are doing thing at um, the Old Park Hotel. It's a holiday Christmassy ghost hunt. We have a couple, one or two overnights left and the rest we have all day, two to midnight or two to 2 a.m. A few tickets left for that. It's going to be really fun. I've been there before. This old hotel is haunted and fabulous. And if you're looking for holiday gifts, why not give an experience? Bring your friends, bring your family. Let's go talk to ghosts in respectful and fun ways. Um, Other than that, I'm going into the Hanover Tavern in January, which is a fundraiser, Hanover Tavern Paracon. And that will, you could find that on my website and you could find on my social media. And that's it for right now. I'm taking it a little bit easy. I need to stay home, get to know my husband, my dog, and my kitty. And that's where I am. That's right here with you. Hey everybody, it is time for the Willow Report. Yes, the time when my little girl usually just wants to fall asleep in my arms. She just finished a play date, so she should be wide awake right now. Almost, almost not looking in the camera at all. I do want to talk about her play dates though. They're getting so short. It gets dark by 4.30 now. We used to didn't even start until 4.30. So we have to do a lot of play in a short period of princess, but appreciate the moments even if they're short. That's what I do with travel. Again, lately I've been gone as much as I'm home. 
I take pictures of Willow. I talk to her. My husband, I call up from wherever I am, talk to Willow, and she hears me on the phone. But even if you have a short time together, appreciate what you have, because we spend so much time unconscious. We might spend hours like, what was I doing? It's okay to veg out once in a while, what you're watching TV or just hanging out, but make the most of all the moments. Even if you have less of them with your babies, hug them a lot. I think that's my kind of thing every week. Hug your babies because I may spend less time, but it's quality time, right, Willow? Can I have a kiss? Yeah, quality time. Quality over quantity. Anyway, that's the Willow Report. We're going to go just hug for a while. For this week's magic lesson, I thought I'd go a little bit more into some fun travel spells. I'm on the road probably more than I'm home right now, and I love it. You know, travel can be a little woggy these days. Planes late, overcrowded, missing luggage, all sorts of things. So there's lots of little things that I do that actually make travel safer, more fun, and brings a little bit of magic to what you're doing. One of the things I often do, especially if like just being in Tasmania recently or going to these a little bit further, a little bit more exotic places than Chicago, I always do a candle. I usually use a blue or a white candle and I do the candle spell. I create it. I visualize a bubble of protective light surrounding all my travels. I'm literally picturing myself going to the airport. I am picturing myself landing, getting there, having a great time, if it's a work thing or whatever it was, landing home safely, all within a candle. And I kept this beautiful protective. I also do a lot of sigils. I literally have beautiful luggage tags giving my friend Angie with have my favorite sigil, the Selhelm of Awe, that eight-sided cross. That is right on my luggage tag. But if you don't have a luggage tag, write it on a post-it, write it on a car and put it right into your suitcase right into your travel bag. It will protect it. Moon water. Often I will take a little bit of moon water and leave a small container out in the moonlight the night before the journey. And then when I'm cleansing myself and just I'm sprinkling a little bit of that moon water to take with me the grounding and the flow because moon's the feminine. It's about flow and you want flow when you're on a trip. And the other thing that I often do is I take a little sachet. I will make a little protective herb. I might put some protective crystals in it. They had tourmaline or different things for protection and safe travels. I might put a little lavender in it for joyous times, some rosemary, some sage. I do use sage in the not burning sense that way. And I carry it and I might put a little one in my bag. I might put a little bit in my pocket and all of a sudden you're protective magically and then be safe and be smart wherever you are traveling and get out there. It's a big, beautiful world out there. Just take your magic with you. Magic is everywhere. And it likes to fly sometimes. We have the author of Tarot of the Vampires, the one and only Charles Harrington. Charles, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me on your show. It's such a pleasure to be here. It is great. We met, we were at the Vampire Ball in New Orleans and we got to hang out. You were doing readings and all sorts of amazing things there. And I'm so happy to have you on. So you're a reader yourself. You've been reading for years, right? Yes, 25 years now. And he's only 27. Yeah, I know. I was an infant prodigy. So how did this come about? Are you part of the, we see the vampire culture. How did you go into vampire? We then oh. I want to talk 
about the cards because and the book because they're amazing. Absolutely. I have been obsessed with vampires uh, ever since I was a little kid. Same thing with witches, of course. And when uh, there's been a number of very good and very good uh, vampire theme in the past. And this, there was a lot of Carpathian vampire castles, shrouds, everybody's pale. Good stuff. I really enjoy those decks. But something that I felt could be explored was modern vampire fiction, sort of paranormal romance, uh, post Anne Rice, Laurel K. Hamilton, side of vampires, True Blood, even Vampire Diaries, that kind of thing. And I attended at Pantheacon, a pagan conference here in California where I live, uh, a talk given by the amazing late great Margot Adler, famous pagan author of Drawing Down the Moon and other excellent books. And she, like the quick version is, when her husband passed away unexpectedly, she, to cope with that, read in the course of about a few years, about 300 vampire novels. And she formed her working theory of the moral vampire. If you want to read about it, she does an amazing book called Vampires Are Us. But in it, she talks about how modern vampires, if you think about Louis from The Vampire Diaries, sorry, Vampire Chronicles by Anne Rice, Angel from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the characters from Vampire Diaries, uh, the, they are powerful beings seeking to be moral. And that is our story as modern humans powerful, but we're dangerous. We're dangerous to the earth. We're dangerous to people around us. And it's, uh, so the major arcana and the minor arcana of the tarot work to tell the story of the modern vampire in the deck. I think that's beautiful. So we happen to have a brand new deck right here. It still has new deck smell. It does. The upholstery is beautiful. So it opens up. It's a beautiful (laughs) box. There's swords. There's all the right things. It's called, it's Codex of the Vampires right here. So tell us about the cover. Is there a story to that? Yes. The deck contains a lot of fun references to some of my favorite vampires in modern fiction. That is actually, he's old and new, inspired by Jonathan Rice Meyer's performance as Dracula in the ABC show Dracula. In the deck, the references are fun little additions if you don't need to know any of them to be able to read with the cards. If you're a tarot, you read with the cards the same way you read with any deck of tarot cards. That is beautiful. And then opening the book, and there's another one right there. There we go. There's my Ten of Pentacles. And I should note the, the amazing illustrator of the deck is Craig Marr, who is a fantastic artist. And I'm so thrilled that he was able to work on the project. He creates a lot of beautiful, diverse characters, both sensual and monstrous and kind of everything. And Craig did a fantastic job on it. They're beautiful cards. They've got Flowers on the back, a rose mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. lily, of course. And I guess we can go through some of the cards. Let's start off with a zero card. Let's the play. Fool. Let's the play. fool. Let's play. So that is, in modern vampire fiction, we always have the human who's intrigued by the a dark stranger and enters into the magical world of the vampires. And in this card, we see, in the deck, you mentioned on the back, there's the two flowers. We have the roses, which represent passion and the immortals. And we have lilies, which represent innocence and mortals and vulnerability. So she has a lily at her feet. He has a rose. And she's thinking about entering into his world and taking that fool's leap. Beautiful. And, and there we have, oh, yeah, we skip past the. If you go back one, you're going to find the magician uh, the other direction. We should be... I know. I think our magician friend moved. Oh, so that's interesting. The actual magician, well, you know, that's in playing with the deck. And he has... Banish the magician card. 
So let's go to the, the High Priestess. Okay, in a lot of decks that aren't based on Kabbalah, I will see a lot of that still retain Kabbalah, Kabbalistic imagery or esoteric imagery, imagery that the deck book or as a guidebook then doesn't explain. So we wanted to create unique things for the Eternal Vampires that tell the same story. So instead of pillars of mercy and severity, we have two hearts in her hand, one burning the, with the fire of the sun and one like illuminated by the light of the moon. And she stands between worlds. So we wanted to use symbols that the people reading with the deck would not need to know other systems like astrology or to, to play with. So, and you explained that in, we've lost, the magician lost the magician. but He's out there between the worlds. And the empress in the deck is Lilith, the mother of night creatures. And in some mythology, Lilith is the mother of vampires themselves. And so we have her sitting by in front of her sacred tree, if you know some of the myths. And three of the night creatures, the serpents, the hosts, like ever so provocatively <laughs> to keep it a PG deck. And the owl and the wolves, her sacred predators. Of the night. They are so gorgeous. I'm sure everybody's not getting the complete depth and color and beauty of these, but they will. And then we have the emperor. Sometimes in vampire fiction, leadership, you take on a leadership role once your predecessor has is dust. And so in that, in the emperor card, which is about seizing the reins and uh, the power of law and rule, we have our vampire prince who is amidst the smoldering embers of his predecessor. And uh, I also love, Craig put this, so on the, on a, the queen's orb in the, in the crown jewels, there's that little cross representing Christ ruling over the earth and in the Tower of the Vampires. Here's a, this is a controversial choice. And a lot of vampire decks, the Hierophant, which would be yeah, a Pope figure, is represented as like a dark priest. And that, that has meanings of deceit and subterfuge that I didn't like. So instead, we're going with the idea that uh, a lot of vampires retain their faith. And here we have the merciful virgin next to a church, the Latin above the door says, all are welcome. And then the flowers at her feet, which are Symbols of the Rider Waite, Hierophant, the mixture of the roses and the lilies so that we have the, the vampires and the mortals. Everybody's welcome. Cathedral. That is idea. beautiful. Wow. And then we have the, uh, the lovers. So their relationship, the, the fool, we follow through some of the cards. And in this card, she has made a decision, which a lot of times, I don't know about you, Patty, I read the, the lovers as committing to a decision and committing to a path. And she has pricked her hand with the, the robes of vampires and she's offering her blood, which is a dubious premise. It's still early for her. She's still yeah, mortal. I, she's still, this is so beautiful. Uh, okay. As a fan of New Orleans, you might recognize we wanted to play with the idea of instead of a chariot, we don't really see people driving chariots today. Typically, we went with the New Orleans Mardi Gras float and Craig created a, a beautiful float with vampire motif. And then right at the center, we have, based on if the movie Dust Till Dawn, Santanica Pandemonia, played by Selma Hayek, a, a character like her, it's not her, like her appearing. And instead of the black and white sphinx, we have comedy and tragedy pulling her, her chariot forward. That is beautiful. I really like how you put these together. Oh, thank you. Okay, strength. This is my, one of my favorite strength cards ever. I, I think it's okay to say that. Craig did. Okay, sometimes when you're the writer of a deck, this might be, I don't know, if anyone's ever wanted to write a deck, sometimes you get a, an idea in your head, but you don't have the image to describe it. My editor was very, had, had a wonderful response. So I was like, I have this idea. She's like, 
Craig is the illustrator. He will make it happen. He will figure out the visual language. And so this is the idea of the vampire's greatest enemy is their hunger, their need for blood that makes them so monstrous. So in this one, the hunger, the lion card of strength is symbolized as the blood desire within her that she is aching for and her like nails are digging into the floor. And we had a lot of, he did an amazing job like uh, creating the, because to me, I don't know about how you read strength, but to me, strength is like the struggle against the inner saboteur, like the part of me that like wants to be out of control and I have to be like, no, get it together, Harrington. So that's strange. <laughs> That's beautiful. And for the, all of you on audio who are not watching this, you just have to get this deck because we're explaining them beautifully, but uh, they're not like any other oh. deck. They're just gorgeous. There we go. I should have meant remembered that people are listening. And the, uh, the Hermit, the Lonely Vampire, which is a, a very common motif. This one is a little bit inspired by maybe Stefan from Vampire Diaries, but he is uh, up in the heights above the city with a, a gargoyle, which is reminiscent of the original Hunchback of Notre Dame film. Uh, the, the loneliness of the gargoyles before Disney made them into animated creatures. And, and then the vampires, the idea of vampires' journals, again, writes mm -hmm. really made into uh, a big part of the genre. And so he's writing about his experiences. And I apologize to anyone actually watching and seeing me go in and out of darkness. I do apologize. It, it's, your, it's a vampire deck. It, oh, yes. Darkness and light. Okay. It's, it's darkness. We've had some technical difficulties. We've had a Barking dog from hell, otherwise known as a dachshund. It's just what yeah. There we go. The Wheel of Fortune in this deck, we wanted to just the, keep it very simple. There's the predator and the prey. Now, do, do you read re reversals when you read tarot cards? Um, not as often as I used to, but I do. Oh, yeah. So if you do read with reversals, sometimes the wolf is on top. Sometimes the bunny is on top. Sometimes when the, when the card is upright, Luck is on your side. You're the wolf. When the card is reversed, luck is not on your side. You're the bunny. Maybe it's a time to seek shelter. Yeah. Is the theory. They're so. beautiful. All right. Let's do a Thank few. You. Justice. Justice. We, okay. Vampires tend to be amoral, not immoral, but like amoral. They make their own rules. They don't yes. really follow codes of society. So we didn't want to feature a vampire in justice. So instead we have the vampire hunter. And they are non-binary in the deck. Uh, we go into that yeah, the guidebook a little bit, but they are, there's always a scene in Vampire Hunter movies where they're having to learn how to do insane things like fight blindfolded. And the justice card requires particular action to get the result that you want and also to shut your eyes to the biases and what you want to see, what you want to have happen and just be with what really is, what is truth in this moment. We thought that the, the Vampire Hunter sold that and you'll see them again in the minor arcana. what is beautiful oh hang hangman the hangman yes okay this card it reminds me a lot of oh, this card was actually designed before this came out but mike flanagan's uh show midnight mass that sort of wrinkly pale bald winged vampire motif which is i think a lot of people like to make the ancient vampires look more animal more bat-like and so the hangman also vampires sometimes take a break from the world. They withdraw from the world to contemplate eternity, I probably. But in this deck, the hangman is represented as that more ancient vampire that is in repose and in a moment of silence and contemplation. So pretty. Oh, thank you. <laughs> oh, okay. So now death in the... Okay. There's such a push-pull, I feel like, with tarot readers about whether... Death is an ending. No, it's a beginning. Butterflies and cocoons. 
So in the vampire story, or in the vampire genre, there is the idea of you have to be, you have to die to be reborn as a vampire. Yes. And we wanted to illustrate that. So the fool from the, from card zero has made the decision and her beautiful vampire love is, has bitten her and he's, he's above her lips is poised the drop of life-giving blood that is going to make her an immortal creature. And that in the background, everything's faded to black, kind of like on my screen, because he all of her mortal me. senses are leaving her behind. Oh, there we go. All right. Okay. Temperance. Let's see temperance. Okay. Temperance to me in the tarot is you have to take the middle road, middle path. Don't be too much. And vampires sometimes seek to curb their thirst. And in this deck, that manifests as a vampire alchemist who is mixing blood with the essence of lilies to try and work on that thirst. And if you see her in the card, she's a little thin and emaciated and unhealthy looking, but still striving. So, uh, and then there's all that steam going on of the fire and water. Is, oh, oh, devil. The devil. Okay. So the chains uh, of the Rider Waite tarot have been replaced by the blood of the master vampire. Fun story about this card. I asked Craig, like we've been making a lot of these cards. What, what do you feel is missing? Like we have all these like sexy, beautiful people. We need some like monsters. And so this card changed a lot to a more demonic, monstrous looking vampire. And he's eating our two main characters, his blood, so he can control them, which is uh, one of the myths about vampires. Is vampire, the master can control anyone who drinks his blood. Beautiful. Yeah. Okay. Tower card. The tower card. Okay. You set up your great vampire pad. You got your minions. You got your crypt it's all perfect and then one night with a mob with pitchforks and, and torches it's over so this is like the, to me the tower card is get out you still have a chance you still have a moment it's not over but do get out okay oh, a star oh the star so this card she gives me like an eva green kind of look yes uh, yeah I... she's got an eva green thing going on vampires it's not all about blood and death and monsters and fighting sometimes vampires contemplate the beauty of the cosmos in a way the rest of us mere mortals can't and we wanted to show that in the star yeah, and beautiful and i i do believe that is true about vampires it's really not about death and blood by any means it's about beauty mm -hmm. look at even what we do with the vampire balls and thing yes okay so there are many cultures that have vampires and we wanted to find a way to introduce that a little bit and in slavic mythology there's the rusalka and the rusalka are beautiful maidens who are in pools of water you know, beckoning young men to their deaths. And so the moon is the card of illusions in some ways. And so if you look at her above the surface, she's this gorgeous creature. But if you look below the surface, it, she's skeletal and withered and decomposing. And so it's the idea with the moon. And also the moon is a reflection in this card as opposed to being in the sky. So the moon, we wanted to convey the idea of not everything is what it's seen. Maybe be, be, be observant and also bring in that Slavic vampire lore. I like it. Okay. Sun. We're the sun. So sun. in the sun, in a vampire deck, sun would be very painful. So we wanted to show this one from the perspective of a mortal. There's that moment in a vampire movie when they like, they're, it's almost over and they break free and they break out into the sunlight and they're saved. And so the sun card is like that to me. It's just, it's going to be all right. It's going to be. It's going to be flying, kiddo. And so we wanted to show this in the card. He's leaping out of the building and he, there's a vampire who's on fire clutching at him. A fair criticism of this choice on our part was 
it looks like the tower card. And so if you're just reading with this casually and you don't look at the title, you might be like, oh, it's the tower. So, yeah, culpa. So you have to pay attention. All right. You should pay attention when you're reading tarot cards. Okay. So the narrative of the vampire. So the, the devil card is being slain in this one. We have the vampire, the hunter, the lover all coming together. People like heeding their call, rising above what they've been before and taking this moment to transform. And, and, and we have the, the bastard vampire himself is exploding in fire in the card because it is a moment of transformation and awakening. Beautiful. Thank you. All right. Almost there. The world. The world. The world. In the world, we see our vampiress. She was the mortal and the fool. And now she's holding the lily of mortality, rose of immortality and she's balanced them she is about force we, the moment is at sunset it's between night and day she is not she is she has come all the way and become entirely her own creature and that's like the world you're up leveled and you are at a place of you're at a place of power so anyway it's beautiful Whoa. and that is for the major arcana except for the lost one <laughs> yeah. which is in the, the, the magician your your magician snuck away with that one, and that's really fine. It's uh, in that one, the lemniscate no, somewhere that he's creating is made of blood. I have my deck. I'll see if I can take a yeah. look. So that's the majors, and then the minors each sort of have a full journey with the different how the vampires of that element. So the yeah. watery vampires are the artistic ones. The swords are the more lethal. Uh, killer vampire kind of situation going on. And the wands are the vampires who are masters of blood magic. And the pentacles are the vampires who are the, we created a little fake government, the eternal order I found here. Magician. Oh, here really? his, the lighting's not ideal, but he has opened a vein and he, his own blood is forming the alumnus gate of uh, magic in front of him. And that is what's going on there. So he's the master of that. I have a few oh, more just- cards. There he is. I cut the card and he just showed up. That's because you're powerful. Magic, it works. TSW. I just cut the card and there it was. So how did it just, I'm a tarot reader for a long time. These Mm -hmm. are so specific and they're going into the vampire culture and they're going into the modern. How hand in hand do you work with your artist? Was it like you had this idea, this is my story, this is my card, draw it? Or- yeah, it's 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 fun, funny. It is a wonderful collaboration, and I'm, it was really I loved how it came about. But so the job as the author, I talked about like the authors, like the scriptwriter and the maybe the producer. But Craig, the artist, he's the casting director, the costumer, the lighting, the set designer. He does all of made all of those choices. And so what would happen is you have to, uh, as the author, you write a description for the card two vampires in a restaurant yeah, uh, yeah, sorry two yeah. people in a restaurant one is offering his wrists to the other and then it is the he would craig would create four thumbnail drawings rough images in black and white two to four and um depending on how many concepts he had and then uh together we would decide on a concept for him to pursue and then he would create that and and it was an amazing so he is an absolute co-creator on the project and what it was fascinating for me, the writer, is that the, he, the artist is able to figure out how to tell the story that I'm trying to tell in this sort of portrait style, this tall portrait style, and frame everything. So the story's being told, the angles make sense, the lighting makes sense, and, and it, it works beautifully. And he also 
made some changes to what, what would happen to the card. When I wrote the two of cups that I was describing, we had the mortal male and the, his love, the female vampire. He's offering his wrist. And I think I wrote something about how he was confident and vampires seemed nervous. Stupid idea. That's terrible. Craig was, and Craig quickly understood that no, what's happening in, in a two of cups, the vulnerability needs to be the mortal who's offering his wrist. Looks a little terrified, if you can see him in, a little unsure. And she looks on. We wanted to convey that. So it is absolutely a lot of the decision or choices in the deck are Craig. For example, another fun one. Uh, the, the three of cups, you always have the three maidens, but they're yes. cups. And we wanted, so we made that our Brides of Dracula homage. Yeah. And the Brides of Dracula in a lot of modern fiction, they, there's a way to tell them apart. The first 1932, I think, Dracula, they all look the same. But sometimes there's a redhead, a brunette, a blonde. In this one, we wanted to make them all races because in modern vampire fiction, uh, vampires are all races, all genders, sexualities, all of that. And so we wanted to convey that. And so they're wearing bright maids dresses. but I originally was trying to make it a reference to the Lost Boys. And so I said it, it like it, over that theme park. And Craig was like, no, they're at a, they're bridesmaids dresses. They're in front of a, uh, a Southern mansion. I'll try and get it to appear. A Southern mansion. And there's a little nod to it here with the, uh, the Ferris wheel. It's just like a good time. They're, they're having a good time because the food's about to arrive. They're about to dine on some mortals. Yeah. And the pictures are all, again, I'm looking through the book where you're, there's your author, your story, but each one has a, the big version of the picture. So you could really look close when you're learning it, like Night of Wands, look at a little rock star vampire. Rock out, yeah. Llewellyn does an amazing job with their book. Okay, Patty, okay, do you remember what, if I say the little the LWB as the little white book, the tarot decks used to all come with just like a tiny little pamphlet. Has yeah. no information. And now they come with full color, giant sized versions of the art. So you can really see the detail. And it's such a wonderful time to be alive as a tarot reader for that reason. It is. So I highly recommend this for it. I'm excited to read this, actually. I'm, I'm right playing with this deck and I'm picky about my decks. I have a lot of decks, but they really, as with you, I'm sure, they have to speak to you. They really. Mm -hmm. No matter how beautiful they are, but this just going through this a little bit, I could see how I could really tune in to what this is doing. So, well, watch out, readers! I'm going to tell me. I think that I think the modern theme deck should use whatever that theme is to help the reader tell the story. As sometimes you get a deck, it's I don't know if it was a vampire. It's a vampire holding a sword because Page of Swords is holding a sword. It should really get into the theme. So in this case. It's the vampires turning into mist, or which is what had happened on that card, just so that it's enhancing the experience for the reader and they could point to what's going on for the querents and communicate what the meaning of the card is, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, completely, because I really do. I want the, the pictures to tell a story in the decks that mm -hmm. I use for my people who I'm reading who don't have to understand tarot or what it is. Mm -hmm. I, I need them to tell a story, and these really do. So how did you get into tarot in the first place? Was it just... Oh. I was a weird kid in high school and like all weird good, <laughs> I don't know if there's a few, I was a weird kid in high school and I was really into them and I would bring my, I would bring my cards like in my backpack, like to school every day and read for people at, in the quad and it, it stuck with me. It's the, my longest relationship and <laughs> was the gateway to all other sorts of other mystical things. Mystical and magical I just, things. Yeah. And I look back very fondly in those days of walking around the pool. Little tarot, tech of tarot cards. Oh, it's beautiful. Again, you guys, 
tell everybody where they can find you, where they can follow you. If you have anything coming up that somebody can come see you, get a signed copy or something. Well, sure. Absolutely. Get this beautiful deck of cards and book. Whatever device you're using to hear this podcast, your computer, your phone, it has the power to get you this deck within two business days because Amazon has the deck. It's It's a great way to do it. You could ask your local... Uh, metaphysical store to carry. It's a great way to get more word out about the deck, but it's on Amazon for a low price <laughs> and free shipping. So I don't grudge anyone for using that to get their tarot decks. And as far as following me, I'm so bad about being online, but I will say that on Twitter, our X, X. it's X now, yes. I suppose. I refuse. It's- I just refuse. If on X, I am at tarotquest, T-A-R-O-T-Q-U-E-S-T. And if you Send me a message on there. I will give you a one-card reading with the vampire, the Tarot of the Vampires. That you can get a taste, if you can get a taste of the, uh, the decks. That is so great. Hope to see you at a vampire ball. Hope to see you other places. You oh, guys, yes. check him out. Charles Harrington. Like him. Follow him. Get the deck. So thank, thank you, you so much. for Vampire Tarot Magic to the Witching Hour. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure to get to talk to you again. Ah.